Welcome, welcome, welcome back into another episode of the Dingo Show. As always, joined by Cole and Ty. Hey, guys. Dingo, how's it going? Hello. Doing all right. <laughs> Doing all right. All right, here we go. Rapid style. Sound the bell. Oh. Cole, start with you. Russell Wilson has demanded a trade out of Seattle. The unthinkable has happened. What are your thoughts? Okay, first off, it's not the unthinkable. Uh, the more content that I've absorbed, over, yeah, the more content I've absor- absorbed of Russell Wilson and, and just getting to know the mind of this lunatic, the least the, I, I just can't stand the man anymore. I know you can go back to the Rich Eisen um, interview that he did, basically outlining why he wants to get traded and what teams he wants to go to. He he is it's just not relatable. He tried to pull a Tom Brady and seem relatable, but he's not good enough to be Tom Brady. So there, that goes out the window. And he's a really good quarterback. I think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL and good for him. If he gets traded and has future success, I just think seeing him as a person and how he played his cards, I think I lost a a massive amount of respect for who he is. Okay. Let me take this in two different directions. Ty, uh, where do you think Russell Wilson's going to go? And Cole, once Ty finishes that, I want to tell you how much it's going to cost for that team. Well, so we've heard a, a few different names thrown out there this, uh, in the past past week or so, seeing uh, Dallas and Vegas. I think Vegas would make more sense. I mean, Prescott was having an amazing year until he got hurt last year. Um, and then I, I think it wouldn't make sense to um, – I mean, I think it would make sense to go to Vegas because Derek Carr, I mean, he's a good quarterback, but face it, Russell Wilson is infinitely better. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this here, Cole? I think Vegas is the prime landing spot for him. Now, the, the real concern I have about that is what is John Gruden's job security at this point? You know, he's got and, ten years, a hundred million, right? I know, he's but year three of that. I mean, that means nothing in the NFL, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, well, Mark Davis is a wild card, and he probably I think he loves John Gruden. That John Gruden's probably will play out a good portion of that contract. Probably not all ten years. Pod, yeah, yeah, but they both go to the same barber, but. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, Russell Wilson would be a great QB and probably the QB that John Gruden wants. Okay, Bell. Cole, how much is it going to cost for them to get it? What's the asking price for a Super Bowl um, MVP quarterback? Well, the interesting thing when I say the Las Vegas um, Raiders, they don't have that many picks, actually. They gave up a lot of them here and there on certain types of deals. They do have a, a good amount of first-round picks, which it would take to get Russell Wilson. So I think it's going to be Carr is going to have to go in there just for salary considerations. And then you're going to have to put in um, an elite prospect young guy. I'm, why am I forgetting that really good cornerback that they have there? And then uh, a first round pick. So you're going to have to have a proven talent, a QB that they already have in, in, in Carr, and then also a first round pick. I think that's what the price is going to be. And I'm sorry, it was, it was actually Malcolm Smith who won the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and Seattle played. I don't think it was Russell, but I'm sure someone will correct us in the, uh, if you want to get in touch with the show on quick dot takes on Instagram. Bell. All right. I want to follow up on that briefly. Uh, Ty, do you think that uh, what we're seeing in the NFL with these stu- superstar quarterbacks demanding trades and leaving teams is here for the long haul? Or do you think this is just a weird scenario going on right now? No, I, I don't think it's weird. I think it's definitely a trend that we're we're going to continue to see. I mean, 
big names this year that want out are obviously, like we were saying, Wilson, but Deshaun Watson in Houston too. Um, it seems like these these players are are I have seen enough like um, with like the players before them getting um, like the short end of the stick, so to speak, when it comes to like deals and and um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, I, I think right now it's it's an interesting time in the NFL. I think there's a clear division between players that can't ask their way out of an organization and players that can't. And the only positions that really can do that are the elite skill position players, whether that be players like J.J. Watt, not in his current rendition or current form, but back in the day he probably could have when he was an absolute monster or a star QB. Beyond that, beyond that you're, you're at a difficult part. Speaking of J.J. Watt, Cole, what do you think about him going to the Cardinals? Is this a surprise to you, or uh, what do you think? No, I, I like the choice for him to go to the Cardinals. I think that's not the easiest team to really go into, but he's also going into a format that um, utilizes various different rushing attempts and adds um, a lot of four-man rushes in there, which we know he likes, adding more pressure onto the onto the offensive line, especially when he reaches an older age. And I think he's going to be continuing to be productive. Tag? Yeah, it'll definitely make things uh, interesting in the West out there. Um, it's, I have to say it's not exactly where I was expecting him to go, but uh, I think it, it shakes up the, the deck a little bit and, um, like I said, makes things interesting out in the West this year. Two quick things about J.J. Watt that I noticed uh, to add is that I used to think that the Patriots and other teams that were competent would have an easy time neutralizing him by, you know, sending a double his side or pushing him back or just, you know, working to eliminate him from the game plan. But you know what it turns out? I think it turns out that when you have maybe not an amazing quarterback, maybe not a generational quarterback, he has a massive effect on the game. So I think he's got a lot more to give, just like Cole and Ty just said. Uh, He swatted a bunch of balls against Cam Newton. It'll be interesting to see if he can add a locker room leadership or something mm-hmm. to that uh, Arizona team that now has two of the all-time generational Houston Texans in DeAndre yes. Hopkins and Jay yeah. Bell. Speaking of generational talents, uh, Cole, let's talk about Jalen Brown and the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's been kind of battling injuries left and right. Um, he's sitting out uh, again last night against the Washington Wizards. Do you think he'll play in the All-Star game, and is this the right choice? I think he'll play very limited minutes in the All-Star game. I Hopefully he doesn't pull a Kemba Walker. Remember Kemba Walker last year went yes, to the All-Star or game? Kyrie that years before that, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, so I don't think that will happen. I mean, it, he has tendonitis that has been diagnosed, and the best solution to that is rest. So if you're resting him against what should have been the handled win against the Washington Wizards, then I have no problem with that. And if and then we're coming back here, we're going to be playing the Clippers at home in the TD Garden. So I think having them 100% for that game is much more important than the Wizards game, which we did end up getting the win, but it was very, very ugly there for most of the game. Bill, Ty, a lot of these guys in the NBA have contract incentives that, you know, compensate them specifically for making the All-Star game. Do you think that this kind of ruins the team basketball play at the beginning of the seasons? Is this part of the reason for the Celtics struggles and the reason why their superstars have been so selfish. Um, the, the, the all-star game. You mean? Yeah. So yeah, players are getting compensated for making the all-star game and it's an incentive for them. And I'm wondering if, because Jalen Brown has been so selfish and the Celtics have 
been losing if the you know the the NBA may want to rethink paying these guys for making it. Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely see that happening in in like locker rooms where the chemistry isn't the greatest, but. I'd like to think that these guys are coming into play every game, hoping to win, like they with a the longer goal, winning the championship yeah. at the end of the year. So I mean, if that's not the number one reason why why you're showing up every day, I feel like you shouldn't be be showing up in the locker room at all. You know, Dingo, real quick, interesting. You add the All Star segment of it. I think the All Star incentive should be reserved for uh, players that are on uh, less likely to make it deep into the playoff teams. And I think teams that are more playoff geared should be giving out incentives um, for, for making longer runs in the playoffs. Cause then you would yeah. have people actually showing up game in and game out. Now, that being said, I think players like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, or I guess you're hinting to have obviously have all-star incentives in their contract. I think those are types of players that are, are actually playing to win. They're not just playing to get to the all-star game. And I do believe yeah. that. That, I agree with both of you guys. And in fact, my point was more around the fact that I think that should this money be coming from the team putting it in the contract or should this be something that just the NBA gives them? But uh, I guess either way, it probably doesn't matter. Bill. Okay, uh, let's get into this. Um, I want to talk about heading into the second half of the NBA season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tig, in your opinion, um, if the Celtics continue to lose, at what point does Danny Ainge just pull the plug on the season and forget about making a trade? Um, I feel like it's sort of getting to that time. I mean, with the shortened uh, season this year, the games are meeting more, obviously. But I feel like, honestly, they should just ride it out. I mean, they got the the big uh, they got big spending room in the the off season, so I mean, they could use that. And I, I feel like. They got a young core right now, so it doesn't make sense to to break that up. I mean, obviously they're not doing what was expected in with their their current position in the uh, the standings, but I don't think it's it's any reason for them to like to abandon ship. You know what I mean? It's just it's yeah. it's too early, and, and they're too too young a core. Cole, where's the line in the sand for you for at least this season, uh, trying to improve the team from an acquisition standpoint? I think the line in the sand is just. Is, is evaluating whether or not you want to spend the 18 now or the 28 later. And right now I'm still... What are you don't... doing? You know, it flipped last week. For me, I was all in on spending 18 right now, buying for this team. And as the market's kind of uh, played out and uh, the deals aren't seeming to be had and Danny Ancient's to be blackballed from the league of making any deals, and I think I say just 28. Bell. Wait. Ask the guys in the hoop scoop. I'd love to hear their thoughts. <laughs> Okay, Tig, let's get into a little uh, baseball talk here. Um, spring training. Uh, actually, Cole, can you delete that? Yep. Tig, let's get into a little baseball talk here. Uh, the MLB has had probably one of the biggest off seasons in recent memory with guys like Tatis, Bauer, and then you get the Lindor and Arenado trades. Mm-hmm. Uh why isn't this in the mainstream media? And uh, I don't know, just give me your take on the overall activity thus far. That's a, a great question, Dingo. I mean, it's honestly just ridiculous, the amount of moves that have happened this offseason. It's arguably one of like the biggest offseasons in MLB history. Like you said, with Tatis signing that huge extension for the Padres, not to mention all the moves that they made to get Blake Snell, Hugh um, Darvish, and the list goes on for them. Um, and, and then Trevor Bauer signed the biggest um, 
biggest contract like uh for a year like yearly contract yearly salary rather i should say and then lindor got traded to the mets in a big deal and then nolan arenado got stolen uh from the rockies by the um by the cardinals so it's like why why hasn't this been been in the news why isn't anyone talking about it and it's because people just don't really care about baseball anymore and it's sad to say but like i think the game's been been trying to grow to that and and been trying to like tailor to them with having more home runs and like faster (laughs) and quicker games but they're it's they're they're treading water right now the the base uh, mlb is cool off the field Mm-hmm. What does baseball have to do to get some buzz around the sport? How and can that even be separated from the, the answer? Is very easy. So, the MLB diverged quite quickly from the NBA in one key factor, and that's social media. For the MLB, it's extremely hard for 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 small people to to share videos of actual MLB content. They are like they 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 are like hawks on there to get rid of any content that isn't split, uh, explicitly licensed by the actual MLB. So right then really? and there, yes. So right then and there, you're creating a huge divergence of the younger crowd actually getting into the MLB. Beyond that, there's there's no real star you can really get behind. I mean, Fernando Tatis, sure, he's a, he's quite the personality, but the best player in the game, maybe the best player in the past 30, 40, some people think ever in Mike Trout, is vanilla ice cream you can't really get behind him so he's a crowd pleaser but not that many people like love him like they like lebron or even any of the other nba stars that are just so divergent in personalities so i think the real big problem with the mlb is one they don't have a younger fan base and two they don't seem to be fixing any of the issues soon enough and what people are still have a sour taste in the mouth as the way rob manford handled himself um going into the pandemic I'm going to ask Sully that same question a little later. I'd like to hear his thoughts on that too. <laughs> uh, hey, Ty, one more thing. Let's get to you about uh, baseball spring training. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, what? how have the Red Sox looked to you two games into spring training so far? Uh, so I, I caught the game a little bit, the back end of it this afternoon, March, March 1st. And the one play I saw uh, – Jeter Downs, who I backed up on the show last week saying he was a good bargain yes. or a good part of the, the bets trade. Easy ground ball, boom, it's E6 right there. And then they they have a, a double play going. Downs flips the ball to second base, don't know who the hell he was. It was number 78. Um, and he throws it into the first base dugout. So I was just like, oh, geez, what, it's going to be another one of these years. But I think it's obviously a little too early to be uh, – to be thrown in the white flag, but I guess on, on some cases, maybe maybe that's exactly what they should do in spring training. Bell. Okay, there you go. You're good. Pause for a sec. Go. All right, so we just finished up the question segment. Uh, great roundtable discussion, as always. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And of course, joining us on the phone, as usual, every week, we have Sully calling from Fort Myers, Florida. Sully, how are you? Oh, Dingo, never better. You never believe how beautiful the weather is down there. How, how, how are you boys doing there? Well, it's starting to turn a bit up here. Weather's not getting not getting doing OK. <laughs> it's that springtime buzz in the air. You can just feel it. You can smell it even. 
Sully, I'm agitated about the Red Sox. Um, I, I know you, you've been in the crowd and you've been very mindful of social distancing. Um, people already remain six feet away from you because of the your your chewing tobacco habits. Yeah. But but now it's been reinforced, so it looks more um, socially acceptable. Yeah. Which is good. So I, I want to get the read on what the Red Sox are looking like right now. Um, when you're when you're watching some pitch and catch out there, who are you seeing as some good actual arms for this Sox team? Because right now I'm looking at the roster and I don't see any good arms here. Well, I think first and first mostly, the best arm by far is the bullpen catcher this year. He's been firing the balls right back to those pitches. I mean, I, I just don't know how he how, – how does he do it? I mean – I mean, it's an underutilized asset, the bullpen catcher, underutilized. Yeah, very underutilized. I mean, you see these teams, they don't even think about the bullpen catcher, no. You know, I grew up, I was the bullpen catcher for my high school team. So I, I care – I, I care I care about these guys, you know, but – yeah, I'd say uh, the bullpen pe- the bullpen catcher's got the greatest arm, other than maybe uh, Kike Hernandez. He's not a pitcher, but he's got a great arm this year. Hey, and speaking about baseball and what's going down in Fort Myers, Sully, a question that came up during our roundtable discussion uh, was, um, what does the MLB have to do to generate buzz for its sport off the field? In other words, to get fans interested in, like, uh, player movement and uh, – free agencies they just gotta stop marketing the game better i mean it's it's a great game to watch it's america's game used to be america's game right now might be esports who knows but uh i think they just gotta market it better like i i I was i was listening into the show early and i heard cole was saying you know mike trout arguably the greatest ball player all time but the guy He's got no personality. You need you need to inject some personality. You know, like they used to do in the to that, the, the early two thousands. Inject some personality into the game. You know, like Barry Bonds did, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. <laughs> they all had these good verb there. Injected personality. Inject. Sorry, my headset was a little, <laughs> little gone there, so I thought I was I, I lost you, but I'm here. Can you no, hear me? I was complimenting your word choice. That yeah, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, those guys did inject a lot of things into the league. Yes. <laughs> Arguably, uh, a lot, I mean, uh, most notably, rather, a lot of home run balls. Mm-hmm. So you actually think the more home runs will help this league get more? I fans. mean, I, I, am I'm, 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 I'm a, a traditionalist, I should say. You know, I like getting the guy, moving him over. You know, bringing the ducks on the pond in. But now these kids these days with the short attention spans, all they want to see is fly ball. Uh, long fly balls from Aaron Judge or strikeouts from him. So it, there's no winning with these kids, you know. When I was when I was playing, all we did was move the ducks over and bring them in, you know. But you don't see that no more. It's either a, a, a dinger or nothing. Man, well, let's get into uh, some Bruins stuff, Cole. What do you think? Should we ask Sully? Our yeah, Bruins Sully, I, I, I want to get your read on what this Bruins team is doing right now because they seem to be losing against the bad teams but then winning against the good team. So uh, I'll count New Jersey as a New York team for the sake of this conversation. But we, we, it seems like the Devils always have the read against us. It seems like the New York Islanders always have the read against us. And then the best team out of those three, the New York Rangers, we seem to be always winning against them. Uh, do you think this is an issue with the team just not showing up on certain nights? Uh, and, and, and what, what are you seeing, uh, or you got the scuttlebutt on the team and the roster and the inner workings of that. What, what do you think is going down in, in the Bruins? Well, um, I think, 
that most uh, right off the bat, the uh, Islanders, they got great coaching. You know, they're a pretty good team. They're fast. They move the puck well. You know, they got the grinders in uh, Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin down on the fourth line. Yeah, they the Bruins haven't won a game versus the Islanders this year. And, you know, the other night they lost, what was it, 7-2 to two to the Islanders, kid? I'm up there. I'm, 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 you know, I'm having my skull, having my uh, cause light, watching the game, and I was very upset. And then, you know, I was like, whatever, let it go. That was Thursday night. Friday night comes around. I'm like, all right, we got the Rangers here, six to two. Same thing. I was not happy, Tampa. I was. I, I almost, I almost broke the TV. If I'm frank, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm being frank with you, and you know, but then I was like, Sully, you gotta, you gotta realize this. They flew all the way out to California. They played a hockey game out there. Then they came back, and then they got a back-to-back. You know, that's that's a lot of traveling. You know, those boys, they must have been pretty tired. You know, I know I'm in I'm in Fort Myers right now. I was pretty tired because I, I was out in uh, where they play the game, uh, Lake Tahoe. I was with the boys drinking with pasta, you know, uh, the Bobby song that they were listening well, to. Yeah. I was the one who put it Sunglasses. on for pasta. Yeah, I had the ox for pasta. I knew those sunglasses looked familiar. Mm-hmm. And he, Pasternak was wearing in that interview. Yours truly, kid. And he wears them ironically. You wear them unironically. I wear them fashionably. Yes. Well, you also pulled them off better. So mm-hmm. that's a whole different point. Hey. All right. But hey, Sully, I'll let you get back to the warm weather down there. Thanks for calling in. Yep. I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll call you boys next week. How about that, huh? Talk to you then, baby. Thanks, Sully. Sully out. All right. So we're back here with Cole and Tig to close out the Dingo Show. Guys, thanks again for joining, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, Dingo. Have a good one, buddy. You too. Dingo!